our street is not an avenue by any definition. Welcome to the Common Errors in English Usage Podcast. I'm here with Paul Bryans, author of the Common Errors in English Usage website and book. I'm the editor of that book and host of this weekly podcast, Tom Sumner. Well, hello, Paul. Hi, Tom. Paul, here's an interesting topic that you brought up. You were saying that you wanted to do something about names of streets or how streets get their names or whether they're called streets or avenues and all of this. And I thought of my own street, Tillamook Street. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, I guess I could say uh, Tillamook is the name of an Indian tribe in the Northwest. Um, what else can I say about that? But there's a whole bunch more to say about just uh, streets and avenues and boulevards and all of this stuff that you've dug up. Right. And this is inspired partly by living here on Bainbridge Island. The island has developed and grown tremendously in the last 30 years or so and is undergoing a building boom right now. And uh, one of the things that happened was in the 80s, as growth really took off, there was a need for more street names. And there was evidently one woman who was given the job of assigning a lot of names. And she seems to have pretty much used a random street or avenue or other words, lane and so on, uh, without any reference to their traditional associations. And we wound up living on this one block long, slightly curving gravel road and it's called Kirk Avenue. <laughs> well, uh, now, Kirk Avenue doesn't look at all like Park Avenue. No, no. It looks like a little country lane, actually. Yeah. And uh, that's what I would prefer. The Kirk part does not come from the captain of the Enterprise, by the way, but from a pioneer family that lived on the island. But uh, it's not an avenue. <laughs> when we uh, had some friends visiting one time, we were giving them directions over the cell phone as they tried to find our place. And uh, we said, okay, now you turn right. And the woman who was driving said, no, that's a driveway. <laughs> said, no, it's not a driveway. It looks like a driveway. Trust us. <laughs> that's Kirk Avenue. <laughs> Kirk Avenue. That's a specific case where it really would make more sense. If it were called Kirk Lane and somebody saw a gravel road, they would say, yeah, well, that's a lane. Right. We associate that type of a road with the word lane. We don't associate it with the word avenue. Right. And the word avenue has a history to it, which is interesting. Uh, it comes from the verb avenir, which originally meant to arrive, to come. But as a noun, avenir comes to mean the future. L'avenir, L apostrophe, avenir, the time to come. But avenue, which is a past tense form, which be where you came to or how you came to the place you've come to, eventually becomes a specific kind of roadway, one that leads to a specific destination. So avenues were at first not confined to cities. A road through the mountains could be an avenue. And the earliest uses in English also refer to a means of access to a particular destination. In French, it became especially associated with formal tree-lined 
ways leading to a grand country house. Um, so the avenue would be where, you know, your visitors for the weekend would come in their carriages all dressed up with lots of luggage and go along this tree lined passageway, uh, curving up to the house. And that would be the avenue. So that got adopted by the English uh, or class English people with the, using it in the same way. So you wouldn't have an avenue in a city. You would have it out in the country going to your country residence, your great house. In modern English definitions, if you look up avenue, you'll find that one definition is a grand roadway lined on both sides with trees of the same species planted at regular intervals. Well, most avenues are not like that in America. And there's a reason for that in that Americans didn't have a lot of great houses with great curving roads going up to them. And when we were first founded, of course, there are not a lot of roads. So Americans adopted the term to describe major city streets. If it was a big street, one that went for some length uh, and looked impressive, then whether it had trees on it or not, it still got the name Avenue. So it's today usually understood to be wider than a regular street and straight rather than twisting. Its original meaning it, it didn't have to be straight, but usually avenues are are straightened. So you're you're going down an avenue, you're traveling in some grandeur and ease. But our street is not an avenue by any definition. It's lined with trees, all right. So everything is trees around here. We practically live in a forest, uh, but the trees are growing at random on uh, and very different species. We just had some dead ones cut down yesterday, by the way, uh, alders, which have a bad habit of dying and then abruptly falling over and blocking the road. Ooh. So the city came out to prevent that very thing and cut down a bunch of dead alders. So, um, Another thing about our road that makes it un-avenue-like is that this um, thoroughfare was only established in the 1980s. Originally, only half of it existed, and uh, it was a dead end. The people would turn onto Kirk or whatever it was. I think it was just a path at that time, and you could go for a little ways, and then you had a dead end. You stopped. You were in the woods. Eventually, when some other houses were built at the south end, uh, they broke through the road. And there's a kink where the two meet. They don't match up exactly because of the way the houses were built. But for some reason, the mailboxes wound up on different sides of the street. So when you're coming from the north and the mail carrier comes along, they're plopping the mail into the boxes on the west side of the street. Then they have to go down to the other end of the block, turn around, and fill the mailboxes that are on the east side of the street on the south end of Kirk. So it's just a little extra nuisance for people delivering the newspapers or the mail. Nothing avenue-ish about it. It's more of an obstacle course. <laughs> now, the way that avenues really got introduced in as sort of standard streets in America came, again, from the French. Pierre-Charles L'Enfant. There's a Frenchman who laid out Washington, D.C., and he introduced avenues as the major streets that radiate out from the Capitol building within the larger grid, which is made up of streets. And those streets are divided between those with numbers and those with letters. 
So in one direction, they're letters, and the other one, they're numbered. Um, one that's become well-known in recent years is K Street, because on K Street in Washington, D.C., there are many think tanks and lobbying firms and other advocacy group headquarters. So you can refer to that kind of people or institutions as being just K Street for short. I don't know of any other cities that adopted that exact thing. More often, I think the common American practice in small towns especially has been to name one direction uh, the streets after American presidents and the other uh, names of trees like maple and oak and so on. And then uh, usually a main street and in a lot of cases a front street. Front would seem to me fit mostly for ones with a waterfront, but um, I've read that Front Street is actually more common than Main Street. I find that hard to believe, but mm. um, of course, Main Street becomes a metaphor for the common person. So politicians will often referring to, you know, we don't want to uh, make the laws support Wall Street; we want to support Main Street. Here in Portland, we have a, an area where rather than using letters for the A Street, B Street, C Street, they use the um, names of city founders or historical figures from Portland history and name the streets sequentially ABC, but it will be somebody whose name begins with the letter A, B, or C. So you'll be able to orient yourself once you understand that. There's an interesting sequence in downtown Seattle. Um, with not alphabetical order, which makes it less easy to remember. Jefferson, James, Cherry, Columbia, Marion, Madison, Spring, Seneca, University, Union, Pike, Pine. You notice that they come in pairs, each pair beginning with the same letter. Jefferson and James, Cherry and Columbia, Marion and Madison, and so on. So you'd think, well, is that confusing or helpful? And one of the ways that people have come up to remember the order in which these letters occur is um, Jesus Christ made Seattle under protest. So J-C-M-S-U-P. I don't find that particularly easy to remember, but some people find it funny enough that um, – they use it. And that still doesn't tell you whether it's Pike or Pine that comes first. Uh, if you live here for a while, you realize Pike is where the Pike Place Market begins. And then the other end of the Pike Place Market, away from the main entrance uh, north, is Pine. Before we move on, um, I should also mention that alphabetical streets using the initial letter uh, is also done in San Francisco. Uh, what do they have? Um Anza Street, Balboa Street, Cabrillo Street. Right. Uh, it jumps through Golden Gate Park. It goes on to Irving Street and Judah, Kirkham. And you get the point. They're, they're going alphabetically that way. So some cities, they'll try to vary that a little bit. Well, K Street and Wall Street are not the only streets uh, where the name of the street has come to stand for what is found there. And Wall Street is an interesting example in that, although it has traditionally been the center of 
finance, both national and international, it's um, it's changing because most uh, of the big finance that used to be done in person on the trading floors on Wall Street is actually done electronically, and many of them have moved to cheaper quarters. And you find a lot of financial firms scattered around New York, but also a lot of them have shifted to London. Um, so Wall Street has become sort of a, a metaphor. Same goes for Madison Avenue, where advertising firms used to be mostly located. And so we still say Madison Avenue for advertising. I always find it a little bit entertaining that there's a Madison Avenue in Seattle that leads down to the ferry. And we get on the ferry, we come out on the other end, and just a block away from where we exit from the ferry is the Madison Avenue on Bainbridge. <laughs> um, Broadway. Of course, Broadway stands for theater still, and the, the whole district, even some of the side streets, are included into the general term Broadway. In London, uh, an old one that uh, you run into in British TV series a lot, and going to Harley Street, you'd go to see a doctor, because that's where the distinguished physicians were located. And one that's become completely obsolete, but still occasionally used, Fleet Street, Fleet Street was where the newspapers were, but the newspapers have all decamped. There are no newspaper headquarters on Fleet Street anymore, but just like with Wall Street, uh, still can stand for the idea of the press. Back in the 60s, Carnaby Street was really hot. If you were trying to be hip and want to get one of these elaborately flowered shirts or something, uh, you'd go to Carnaby Street. Um, more staid and traditional is Savile Row, S-A-V-I-L-L-E, where people of means and exquisite taste would order bespoke clothing. Bespoke being an odd word, which means uh, custom clothing being created just for the individual person to their measure. Now, in 1811, the grid for Manhattan in New York was laid out with southeast northwest streets and a few major northeast southwest thoroughfares paralleling the long axis of the island being called avenues. So it still adhered to the idea that the avenues are longer and wider than the streets. And that accounts partly for the odd shape of blocks in New York. When you say, okay, we're only five blocks from this destination. That could be a short distance or a long distance, mm -hmm. depending whether you're traveling along an avenue or a street. Yes, if you're traveling along an avenue, it's going to be a shorter block between the streets. But if you're traveling along the streets, the avenues are a little bit more spaced out. Now, most of the streets are numbered, and the avenues mostly have names, but there are some numbered avenues as well. There's an intersection in Manhattan where 5th Avenue crosses East 57th Street. Yes, there are lots of numbers that cross lots of other numbers, but this one has some particular meaning, doesn't it? And that can be very confusing to visitors, mm -hmm. you know, because they're used to thinking, well, if you have the number, um, that should be enough. You don't need to know whether it's an avenue or street. In New York, you have to know. Yeah, well, there's, okay, 5th and 57th, that's where Trump Tower is, and then... Um, there is a corner of first and first. Okay. And that's where you'll find the one and one pub. Uh huh. And the Nexus Lounge. <laughs> so <laughs> people are taking advantage of their location there. Right. So most cities have not done this business of numbering everything, which is uh, not very clear. But um, what most American cities have done is 
just have streets going one way and avenues the other. So they adopted that from the example of New York, but then they started using uh, names mostly for the avenues and often for the streets as well. And that's the way Seattle is set out with streets, which are, um, in that case, the numbered ones are the avenues. So the streets have names and the avenues are numbered. That is confusing, too, because of the way that there are these kinks in Seattle's layout where you jog and suddenly you're at a different angle and, and some of the the avenues disappear because they've been pinched off. And it can be very confusing indeed. Also, there has been a tendency to um, plat in America. I don't know if this is just something that happens in the West, but it certainly happens a lot around here to imagine the grid of the city extending far out beyond the city limits. I don't know whether they imagine that someday it might go out there or there's some tax reason or a postal reason or something, but you'll be driving out in the mountains on the freeways, miles and miles outside of the city of Seattle, and you'll come upon something like 235th Street. And it's just a road that goes off into the forest. <laughs> Somehow it's been incorporated into this this grid. Mm-hmm. Well, the avenues and streets, like I said, um, is pretty common. But uh, often the avenue then just becomes the same as a street. It's not particularly wider, not particularly more beautiful. Um, speaking of the San Francisco map, avenues and streets, you have to be careful about those because those are entirely different areas of the city. The avenues are out to the ocean side of San Francisco, and the streets are in downtown. South of Market Street are the streets. So you have to be careful. Those are all numbered, and you have to be careful which one you're at. So if you're trying to get to 12th Avenue, um, you're going to go out near Golden Gate Park. And if you're going to go to 12th Street, you've got to be somewhere south of Market Street. Okay. Well, boulevard is another word. It's a little more grand than avenue, has some of the associations with avenue, but it hasn't been downgraded in the same way. I mean, avenue became so degraded that you know we wound up with our absurd Kirk Avenue. But uh, a boulevard you usually think of as something fairly grand. It originated in France as well, especially grand tree-lined avenues in Paris. It was often at first used for promenades. So it was a place where people would walk like through a park with trees on either side or drive their carriages. Um, but it wasn't, it was more for recreation and socializing than for going shopping, say, or, you know, rushing to the hospital or, or whatever. Uh, boulevards are usually associated in language with walking. And if you talk about somebody walking down a boulevard, you don't usually hear people saying we had to drive down the boulevard to get to the destination. Now, it has an interesting origin. Originally, it was the open space surrounding a fortress. So you've got this fortress that's built up. It could be a castle, could be a, a wooden fortress, something else. And you want to clear the trees away from out so you can see the enemy coming and be able to shoot at them. So um, the boulevard uh, referred to that space. So it became a sort of path around the fortress then they began to use the word boulevard to refer to the fortress itself and it came to mean stronghold for a while this is completely died out of course now but historically it came there we're not quite sure 
where the term boulevard came from etymologically in French, uh, Voltaire amusingly argued that it came from B-O-U-L-E-S, boule, the French bowling game, just like pétanque in southern France. And vert, V-E-R-T, for green, green space, a lawn. So it would be a bowling green. Well, that's kind of fun, but it's completely bogus. Uh, Boulevard is nothing like a bowling green and never was used that way. So eventually, the term became to be more or less synonymous with avenue, a tree-lined thoroughfare. Now, in France, in particularly in Paris, uh, boulevard has become a generic term as well. If you're just talking about street lights, you know, the music of the boulevards of Paris or the romance of the boulevards and um, cafes on boulevards, they may not all be boulevards. Many of them may be rue, which is street. But it's um, you're not going to say, oh, the rues of Paris are so romantic. You say the boulevards of Paris. And the person who enjoys strolling around the streets uh, traditionally was a boulevardier, a boulevarder. Now, one of the most famous boulevards is the Boulevard Saint-Michel, which is a major thoroughfare through the Latin Quarter. It's called the Latin Quarter because the university was there, uh, still is, and uh, the students were taught originally in Latin, of course. And there was a church, uh, St. Michael, Saint-Michel. So... The street became known as Boulevard Saint-Michel. The students, uh, referring to their neighborhood, abbreviated it to uh, Boulmiche, B-O-U-L-E hyphen M-I-C-H-E, Boulmiche. So the whole neighborhood becomes known as Le Boulmiche, and the road is Le Boulmiche. Boulevards are usually quite wide, often multi-lane arterials with a median running down the center, and that can be planted up as well in, in really fine boulevards. America has some pretty famous boulevards. Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood in Los Angeles is a certainly famous one, the name of a very famous movie, and Hollywood Boulevard, of course. Well, talking about boulevards um, for pedestrian traffic, we can move on to talk about drives, but maybe we should save that for next time. Okay. All right. Thanks, Paul. So long. That'll do it for the Common Errors in English Usage podcast. Send your comments, questions, and feedback to commonerrorspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.